There's got to be some invisible nerve that goes from your foot to your heart. Muslims are not the problem. Islam is the problem. Muslims are a victim. And we as believers are the only one that have the truth to offer them that, that there's hope in Jesus. So what I encourage people to do is show her that you see her. I mean, even as simple as if you can make eye contact, smile, let her see that you see her. As believers in Christ, we have the truth. But what's the best way to share that truth with Muslims who work alongside us, live in our communities or study in our classrooms? This week, Joanne Doyle tells us how to look behind the veil and reach to the heart especially the hearts of Muslim women. You don't have to have a degree in theology, but you do have to be intentional to start conversations and build friendships. We'll hear more about that this week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Uh, we have spoken in the, in the last week with Tom Doyle, uh, today we are speaking with Joanne Doyle, Tom's better half. If I'm sure he would say that too. So, uh, Joanne, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, Joanne is the director of a, a ministry called Not Forgotten. And Joanne, I'm going to let you share what is that? <laughs> who who was being forgotten and they're not forgotten anymore? Yes. Well, if you've heard Tom talk, then you'll know that we work in the Middle East. And so our heart is to reach the hearts of Muslims. And as we began going into the Middle East more and more, we started realizing that one of the group of people that was so overlooked was the women. They have been forgotten. And God says, no, I have not forgotten them. I see them. They do have a voice. I see their heart. And I want to reach into their hearts, and I want to bring healing, and I want to bring freedom. So not forgotten is reaching out specifically to Muslim women. And I'm, from what I know of Middle Eastern culture, that means it needs to be women. Uh, because for a man to cross those lines is is inappropriate. Uh, in that culture. So is that true? Is that the case? This is women reaching Muslim women. Absolutely. Yes. And how do you do that? Well, we have two branches or two facets of our women ministry, one reaching out to the American women to bring awareness and helping them to understand what the plight is of the Muslim women, and also because there are so many Muslims living here in America. So we want them to reach out to Muslim women here. And then our other branch is reaching out to the Muslim women overseas in the Middle East, Central Asia, the different places that God has called us to serve. And at the heart of it, is the heart. We want to reach into their hurting hearts. These women have been abused on levels that we can't even imagine. And in a culture that's based on honor and shame, all that hurt is buried deep inside of them. They don't think about it. I'm sure they think about it, but they're not allowed to talk about it. 
And so we want to help them, as Jesus said, to be free. You know, he has come to set all the captives free, including Muslim women. So first is, of course, bringing them to faith in Christ, but then finding that freedom that he has for them through those hidden pains in their heart. What do Muslim women face? You know, as, as you think about Muslim culture and, you know, a man can have four wives, but a woman can't have four husbands. And what do they face or what is their status or value in a, in a Muslim society? You know, the word that you just said, their value, that really stands out because really that's probably the core of their problem is that they sense, they believe, they feel like they have no value. And young girls are taught at a young age that they are less than. They don't have a voice. They don't have a heart to be able to express what they think and what they feel. They also um, are abused terribly. And, you know, the Quran does encourage husbands to beat their wives into submission, so to speak. So they've got a lot of abuse that they deal with. So you combine that with not being valued. And these women are so insecure and feel so insignificant. They carry a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. How do you build relationships? How do you... Because I'm thinking of, you know, the woman that I saw at the store last week with the black veil and just her little eyes peeking out. And how do you... How do you make a friendship with somebody you can't even see their face? Great question. And that's why we seek to teach American women how to do that. So it's different. I mean, it's kind of the same what our goals are to reach the hearts of these women, but it kind of it acts out differently from overseas to over here. So here for you, like you're saying, you see a veiled woman. The first thing that I encourage Americans to do is show that woman that you see her. Because, you know, I think for us in America, we see someone that's veiled like that and we have our preconceived ideas. We see terrorism all around us. We know what happened on 9-11. We see ISIS moving in. And so we have fear. And so sometimes with that fear is also anger. And sometimes it goes even further and there's even hate or animosity. And so we tend to stay away from them. We don't understand them, that we assume that they don't want to be bothered. And so I have even found myself sometimes pretending that I don't see them looking the other way or kind of taking my grocery cart and turning the other direction so that I don't have to face them. Well, those women see when we do that, and that reinforces the lie that they believe that they don't have any value. So what I encourage people to do is show her that you see her. I mean, even as simple as if you can make eye contact, smile, let her see that you see her. And if you can, take it a step further and have a conversation with her. You know, tell her, just say hello. Ask her what country she's from or how many children she has or if she has children with her. Engage with the children. Say hi to them. And just try to build a conversation. And then if you're in a place where you can have more of an extended talk, try to build a friendship. See if you can get together for coffee. If they live next door or in your neighborhood, go meet them. Bring brownies or cookies to their door. Um, anyway, the biggest thing, even at a glance, is showing them that you see that they're there. Tell us some stories of, of what's happened when you've done that, when you've struck up those conversations or you've said hello or ask that question, well, hey, where are you from? Uh, what, what happens in that woman's heart and in her face? Okay. Well, I will say there's just been a couple times where I've done this and the women, if you can see, they don't want to be talked to. So I want to encourage you, if that does happen to you, that is rare. I mean, I have had it happen a few times, but not very often. Typically, they are engaging and they want to talk. So I'm trying to think. I've got so many different stories. <laughs> I'm trying to narrow it down. Well, let me tell you one. I was in um, a store and there was a woman. She was veiled. She had her daughter with her. 
And they were talking in Arabic. I mean, that's their heart language, right? So she's just talking to her daughter in their natural tongue. And she's speaking in Arabic about some makeup or whatever. And I walked up. She saw me. As soon as she saw me, she switched talking to her daughter from Arabic to English because she knew already that I would be threatened by that, that perhaps maybe I would think wrong thoughts about her. And so she immediately started talking in English. And I just went up to her and said, oh, my gosh, hi, how are you? You know, I, I hear you speaking in Arabic. Where are you from? And she warmed up immediately. And she told me she was from, I can't remember, maybe Lebanon. And we talked about her country and her food. And we talked about her daughter. And how are you liking America? You know, how's your daughter doing in school? And I mean, we probably had a good 10-minute conversation. Completely changed. Her face lit up. And she was seen. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. And this is simply opening a door to conversation. I mean, we're not we're not yes. asking people to like present the four spiritual laws and, and you know hit somebody with a Bible. We're just saying say hello. Absolutely. Have a conversation. Look somebody in the eye. Exactly. And I'm so glad you said that because I think that you're right. We all think, okay, if I'm going to talk to a Muslim, I need to share the gospel. But, you know, even sharing love, Jesus said, you will be known by your love, right? They will know you by my love. So when we when we do that, we are planting seeds of the gospel. Maybe the whole message isn't there, but someone else will come along and water it. And if we're all being faithful one day, when it's at the right time for that woman, someone will share the gospel. Or perhaps... You may be able to build actually a friendship with one of these Muslim women, and you may be the one that's blessed to lead them to faith in Christ. So you're training American Christian women to do this. Yes. What What does that training look like? What's the process that they go through? Yes, I'm glad you asked that question. We have an event that's called Seen Behind the Veil, and it's an all-day seminar, and we have it in Dallas, which is where I live, but we also bring it to other churches and ministries and invite women to come to this, and it's just a one-day thing. Start in the morning. We end in the afternoon. The beginning part will tell you a little bit about Muslim women, you know, what they think, what they believe, what life is like for them behind the veil. Then we'll teach you and train you. How do you have conversations with them? How do you reach out to them? Um, One of the things that we do when we go overseas is that God has called us to wash these women's feet. So we talk a lot about foot washing and why that's so important. And we'll even wash the women's feet there at that conference. Excuse me. And that turns turns out to be a really precious, powerful time. Then we'll stop. We'll have lunch. Oh, we also have someone that's a former Muslim, and we'll have different women come and share their testimony of how they came to faith in Christ and what their own journey is. Then we break for lunch, and then, this is the fun part, in the afternoon, we go on a mini expedition, and we actually go out in the community, and we'll break everybody up into teams, and you'll have a leader with you, and you will go into either Muslim restaurants or little boutiques. We always do this on a Friday, usually on a Friday. We also then will go to a mosque for Friday prayer. And so the women will actually have an opportunity that afternoon to engage with Muslim women. Wow. So by the time the day is over, they've not only had the training, they have experience, and they're ready to go. And the goal is, don't stop with this day. As you go on into your life, continue to do this and teach other people to do this. Because, you know, honestly, the truth of this is Muslims are not the problem. 
Islam is the problem. Muslims are a victim. And we as believers are the only one that have the truth to offer them that, that there's hope in Jesus. I want to talk about the foot washing thing. Tell us some stories of what's happened overseas when you have, you know, here these people have come from America and you humble yourself to wash the feet of some of these Muslim women. What happens? Wow, I have to tell you, from an American perspective, when we bring women with us, which that's a fun part of what we do in ministry, I always get to bring other people with our Not Forgotten team, other other American women. And they say, honestly, for them, that is one of the highlights is the foot washing time. So what we do is typically our conference is a day or a day and a half in whatever country we happen to be in. And we tend to do, we do the foot washing in the beginning. Maybe we'll have one session where we'll talk about how much Jesus loves them and how God created man and woman to be equal you know, different roles, but same value. Which is a revolutionary idea in a Absolutely. Muslim <laughs> they hear that and they're like, what? I've never heard this before, even if they're believers. And then we'll go into, we'll have a, a teaching on John 13, which is the only gospel that records Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And in that passage, he talks about how if you will follow his example, that you will be blessed. And so then we say, okay, we are going to create a holy time right now. And you can see the women are already getting nervous because they don't know what's coming, uh -huh. but they kind of are starting to get, you know, how do I get out of this room <laughs> kind of thing. And, um, but we tell them this is going to be a holy time. And we have worship music playing, and in their language, as they have a worship team, they're up there leading in worship. We tell them this is a time not to talk amongst yourself, but this is between you and Jesus. Because if you had been in the room with Jesus that night, he would have washed your feet. So when it's your turn to sit up in that chair, you picture not the woman in front of you. You picture that's Jesus washing your feet. And we'll have maybe 10 chairs lined across the front, depending on how many of us there are, and um and they'll all sit in that chair while the worship's going on. We anoint them with oil first. We embrace them and hug them. We come down, we wash their feet lovingly. And for us, I mean, we know we have got to humble ourselves before the Lord for the, in order for the Holy Spirit to show up. And as we wash their feet, we are just quietly praying over them. And it's just sweet to see how the Lord calls us and leads us to pray over these women that we don't know. And then as we wash their feet, we dry them, we kiss their feet, we just get on our knees, and then while they're sitting there, embrace them and pray a blessing over them. And what happens, the pattern that I've seen through the years, is some of these women are crying before they're even sitting in that chair. And I don't know what it is, but I, there's got to be some invisible nerve that goes from your foot to your heart. And even though our foot is a very common part of our, our body, it's a very intimate part, not very many people touch our feet. And so somehow the blessing that I see from coming out of foot washing is that the walls that we build around our heart to protect us, initially it is a protection from more pain coming in, but then it becomes a barrier between that person and God and that person and others. And so during this foot washing time, when that invisible nerve is touched, that wall that they've built around their heart begins to break. And as they are weeping, Jesus is reaching in there and just touching them powerfully. And another thing I, I mentioned, we do this at the beginning of our, of our conference, and we do that very intentionally. Because if we did that at the end, when we've kind of got to know these women, you know, women tend to bond with women. They would bond with us, which is sweet, but we don't want them just to bond with us. We want them to, to bond with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So when we do this at the beginning and they don't know us, oh my goodness, that's who they connect with is a living God. 
And it is a precious time. I wish you could just be in the room and wow. just sense the holiness in there and what God is doing in these precious women's hearts. And our tears are dripping in their water <laughs> bowls because it's Jesus is there. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. What would your message be to maybe a Muslim woman who's listening right now? Um, what would you say to her? The first thing I would say to you, sweet Muslim woman out there, is that Jesus loves you. He created you in his image. God, the Father, the creator of all creation, created you in his image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. He created you for a purpose. And you are not an accident. He sees you. He knows your name. He loves you. And he has more for you. The God that created you has your name written in his book of life. And he wants you to be his child. And the way to be his child is to follow Jesus, who is his son. And he wants to set you free. And I know there's a lot of hurt in all of our lives because we live in a broken world. But perhaps you've got some pain, something that's happened to you that you've never shared with a single person in your life. And you're carrying that hidden in the deep, deep recesses of your heart. And Jesus wants to touch that place. And he wants to heal you and set you free because he promises in his word that he has come to set the captives free. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. He has come to give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. So would you cry out to the living God? When you put your head on your pillow tonight, ask the God that made you to show you who he is. And ask him to bring someone into your life that can share truth with you, the God that hears you and that answers your prayers. Not the one that the God that the wrote prayers, but the cry of your heart. He hears those and he loves you. Amen. And now I want you to speak to the listeners who are Christians who will meet those Muslim women. And what would you say to them about being the hands in the face of Jesus? Okay, sister in Christ, I wish I could see your face, just I wish like I could see that Muslim woman's face, but we are sisters in Christ, and God has given us a wonderful, great call, and that is to share his love with all that he has placed in our paths. So I want to encourage you to open your eyes and see everyone around you, including the Muslim woman, the one that's veiled, and even the Muslim woman perhaps doesn't wear a veil. And just as she has a veil over her head, perhaps you have a veil over your heart, and that veil is preventing you from going forth and, and getting to know these veiled women. I want to encourage you to take the veil off your heart. Ask God to give you His love for these women and the bravery to step out of your comfort zone and to just go up and to see a woman that has a veil on and say hi. You know, get to know her. Um, and if someone lives in your neighborhood or perhaps there's a Muslim woman or Muslim women that go to your children's school, befriend them, invite them over for coffee, get to know them, first develop a friendship, and you'll have, I promise you, you will have the chance to share Jesus with them. Remember, it's not necessarily sharing the whole gospel. It's first sharing the love of Christ with them by showing them that you care. Ask them if you can pray for them about a certain situation, and then pray for that situation and come back then and ask them, how is that, is that problem going? And when you see an answer, oh my gosh, that right there is an opening to tell them even more about Jesus. Because can you imagine if you got to pray with a Muslim woman and to bring her to faith in Christ? 
what an amazing honor that will be. That can only happen if you get to talk to them and befriend them first. Joanne Doyle is our guest on VOM Radio. Joanne, as we finish up, how do our listeners find out more about Not Forgotten Ministries, about the training that you're doing? Uh, Because I know that there are going to be some who hear this and say, hey, I want to do that. Oh, and I would love to be able to share that with you. So if you go to e3partners.org, go to our main website, and you'll see on there a little link, a little place where you can click on where it says Not Forgotten. Click on there, and that will lead you to our page. And then in there, you can leave a message, and we will get back to you. Contact us, because if you have a heart for Muslim women, oh my goodness, I'd love to talk with you and perhaps even bring you overseas. Or we could come and do one of our scene events in your city, in your church, and help you to reach out to the Muslim women that live around you. Joanne Doyle, thank you very much for sharing with us today and for your heart, which comes through very loud and clear for uh, the Muslim women, not only overseas in the Middle East, but the Muslim women right in our neighborhoods. Well, thank you. It is an honor to be here. We love Voice of the Martyrs and what y'all are doing, so it's an honor to talk with you today. I'm so thankful for the time we've had with Joanne Doyle this week, as well as the conversation with her husband, Tom, that we had the past two episodes of VOM Radio. If you haven't yet heard Joanne's husband, Tom, share about his work and about his new book called Killing Christians, you can log on to vomradio.net and hear those episodes, as well as listen again to the things that Joanne had to share today. That's vomradio.net. If you'd like more information about their ministry, you can go online to e3partners.org. That's the letter E, the number three, and then partners.org. We're going to shift gears now and go to a question from one of our listeners, and the question is about the country of North Korea. Uh, By the way, if you have a question you'd like to add to our discussion, you can also do that from our website, vomradio.net. This listener wants to know about how believers in North Korea worship. In such a closed and restricted country, how do Christians pray? How do they gather together? What is a worship service in North Korea like? I thought that rather than try to answer that question myself, I'd get an expert to answer, and that expert is Pastor Eric Foley. He's the leader of Voice of the Martyrs Korea. Pastor Foley is also the author of a book about North Korean Christians called These Are the Generations, which you can purchase by clicking on the store link at vomradio.net. Pastor Foley, tell us what it looks like when North Korean Christians pray and and gather and worship the Lord. Thank you for the great question, Todd. Um, In fact, it's such a good question that it really takes about a whole book length to be able to explain, and that's why we wrote the book, These Are the Generations, which is available through Voice of the Martyrs. A lot of the pictures that we have about how underground North Korean Christians worship Uh, about uh, them uh, hiding under a blanket to read the Bible or sneaking out of their homes at night aren't exactly accurate. The reason why is uh, that um, in North Korea, everyone is required to spy on homes uh, that are in range of their own. So things like hiding under a blanket or sneaking out of your home at night are things that would immediately arouse suspicion. So um, when that does happen in North Korea, that's typically North Koreans who have been trained by South Korean missionaries who are on the border. But authentic underground North Korean Christians who are in the interior of North Korea, who have been Christians for generations, actually worship very differently, as we described in the 
book, These Are the Generations. For one thing, they have developed ways of worship that uh, they can do worship even when other people who are not Christian are watching. And it's hard for us to imagine what those would be, but let me just give you a couple of ideas, Todd, so that you'll understand. One of them is, is that North Korean underground believers, when they pray, they will pray with their eyes open and they will look at the other person uh, that they are with and they will um, pray as if they were having a conversation with the other person. And instead of referencing God, for example, they will use a phrase like dear leader. So for example, a North Korean, when they pray, instead of hiding under a blanket or closing their eyes and bowing their head, they might look at the person sitting next to them and saying, uh, I am... Uh, I am so concerned about uh, Sister Kim, who is sick, but I am so thankful that our dear leader is watching over her. And uh, I am hopeful that the dear leader will uh, show special care for her um, as uh, she needs um, his um, his his uh, love and attention. And that would be how North Korean underground Christians pray. Typically, the way that they structure their worship services um, is on a family level. So people within the same family would be worshiping together. But people from different families typically do not gather together uh, for worship in North Korea. Uh, the Ten Commandments, interestingly, form the framework for a lot of North Korean worship. That is, uh, that a worship service would typically look like them working through the Ten Commandments and comparing their behavior to the Ten Commandments, uh, not in order to um, achieve a righteousness on their own. North Koreans would think that would be very odd, but because it's very hard to live in an idolatrous society like North Korea, where there's 40,000 statues of Kim Il-sung, and when everyone has to bow to those statues as they walk down the street. So North Korean believers use the Ten Commandments as a way of being able to um, make sure that their behavior um, uh, can open themselves up to God's grace and that he can be present in their lives, even though the cult of Kim is omnipresent. Anybody who's interested in learning more, Todd, can, can read more at These Are the Generations, um, the book that's available through Voice of the Martyrs. Thank you, Pastor Eric Foley of VOM Korea for those insights. If you want to learn more about Christians in North Korea, you can order These Are the Generations by clicking on the store link at vomradio.net. We also have a book that I helped to write called Restricted Nations North Korea. It looks at the history of the gospel in the country of North Korea. I hope these insights about North Korean Christians will help you to pray effectively for that country this week, and especially for the believers who are there. Uh, it is the most closed country on earth. Uh, it just is a fascinating place, a fascinating country, and there are some of our brothers and sisters in that nation who are serving the Lord. So pray for them this week. Thank you again, Joanne Doyle, for being our guest. Thank you, Pastor Eric Foley, for giving us some insights about believers in North Korea. As always, you can connect with us online at vomradio.net with your questions, comments, feedback about this episode. And you can also listen to all the other episodes of VOM Radio. That's vomradio.net. If you'd like to hear more from Pastor Foley about North Korea, there's an entire episode of VOM Radio that we did talking with him about the church in that nation, about the persecution that Christians face, and about the book, These Are the Generations. You can listen to that episode at vomradio.net. Uh, if you go to vomradio.net, just type North Korea into the search bar, and you'll go right to that episode with Pastor Foley. 
If you're tweeting about this week's episode, use the hashtag VOMRadio. Maybe you heard a a quote from Pastor Foley or a quote from Joanne Doyle that you'd like to share. Just use the hashtag VOMRadio to help us connect with you on Twitter. You can follow the Voice of the Martyrs on Twitter at VOM underscore USA. VOM underscore USA. We're also on Facebook. Just search for the Voice of the Martyrs USA We'd love to connect with you on these social media platforms. I want to join with Joanne Doyle to challenge you this week to reach out and strike up a conversation with someone who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe it's a Muslim from the Middle East, or maybe it's your next door neighbor that that looks and talks just like you do. But all of us are called to be Christ's witnesses. Let's be intentional this week about answering that call. Thank you for being with us. I hope you'll join us again next week on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.